Hey, this is Richard Dweck, just doing the intro for the episode, uh, this is, uh, episode, uh, four, I think, uh, of, uh, season five, yeah, season five, episode four, uh, Ken Kranz, Ken is a, uh, Ken Kranz, he's a, uh, headliner, um, in New Jersey, he's a great comedian, uh, obviously he's a headliner, and, uh, I just listened to his album. He has an album from 2016 called, uh, No Punchlines, No Punchline Required. It's very good. Uh, I love albums on Spotify. It's what I listen to. How I listen to most comedy. So, uh, he's been doing comedy for about 12 years, and, uh, he's had some success, so I really want to talk to him about it. And, uh, I'm just very happy that he got, uh, onto it. You know, we talked about the Brighton Bar a bit, and, uh, he started showing up, and I was friends with him on Facebook for a while without having met him, because that's how it is with stand-up. Like, you, you see people that you're mutual friends with, and then you just eventually friend them on Facebook until you meet them, and then it's like, oh, you're that guy from Facebook, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> so you hope your uh, reputation is good. Uh, yeah, so I can't wait to get into it. Hello? Hello? Hi, Ken. Hey, how are you doing? All right, I got it figured out. Uh, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I really, really like your stuff. Oh, thank you so much. You on stage, it's you know, it's phenomenal. Uh, I didn't know that you had an album out. Uh, like I told you, I love listening to albums on Spotify, so it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think about? it came out about five years ago. Yeah. How'd that come about? Um. I, uh, I always wanted to do one and I'd been in comedy about seven or eight years, I think at that point. And, um, I, uh, I decided I just wanted to do it and see if anything would come from it. I just figured I would record an hour and see if I can make anything happen with it. Yeah, that's so cool. That's like one of my major goals because I love listening to just albums and it's just, uh, I think it's like a lost like form, really. Like some people still do them, but like people mostly watch like specials on Netflix when I tell people about like albums, people have no idea. But uh, I think it's really cool just to like have that material down and like unless you're like a physical comic. Uh, it's usually pretty good audio wise, and uh, right, it sounded pretty good audio wise, so that's good. Yes, uh, it was. It, I I grew up listening to stand up albums. My dad was a big comedy fan and had a bunch of stand up albums, and same with my brother. So okay. I grew up listening to them. And, oh, that's cool. What ones um, did you listen to? <clears throat> I listened to my dad had, I know this isn't very politically correct now, but my dad had a bunch of Woody Allen stand-up Oh, Woody albums. Allen, yeah, his stand-up is phenomenal. I love his stand-up was amazing. It's still funny. It I have, funny. um... Yeah, it is, like, I, it's so weird to, like, think of him, like, not really know him in that way of, like, as a comedian, but I remember when I first started doing stand up in like 2015 i you know listened to him and i was just like this is really really good 
Yeah, yeah, it's funny. People, a lot of people don't even know that he was ever a uh, stand-up, but he was actually, um, he was incredible. If he if he had stuck with it, uh, you know, I, I think... I think he was sort of using it as a springboard to get into filmmaking. But if he had right. just stuck with stand up, I think he would have gone down as one of the all time greats. Oh yeah, for sure. He's very good. Uh, anyone else? Uh... Um, yeah, I listened to my, my brother had some Eddie Murphy stand up albums, like even before delirious, there was one right. called, uh, comedian I would listen to that all the time um, my dad had some like Richard Pryor albums and George Carlin albums Pryor, love Carlin yeah Carlin and the main I don't mean to cut you off he's one of like my ultimate favorites what I what I loved about some of these albums like especially the Woody Allen ones was the sound of it like you could all you could tell that it was in a small nightclub with low ceilings you heard laughs bouncing off the walls you could hear the clinks of the glasses you know people were drinking and you mentioning it, all those things is why i love comedy albums like one of the major reasons i love them so much is because i like the sound of like the club and everything because it's just like i guess it's like aspiration like of what i want to do so it's like yeah, that's the main like thing. I love that whole entire thing of that. And uh, yeah, it's very cool just to see how they've evolved over time and yes. that people still do them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see like your full material because I know the couple jokes that you do because I saw you recently. Uh, I said this in my intro that I was friends with you on facebook for years before i really even met you maybe i met you a couple times but uh, mm -hmm. uh you um w when you came to the brighton bar before it you know just closed down was, i uh, know i heard it I just closed your stuff and it's incredible uh, uh it's very nice of you to say thank you i really like uh it feels like you do a really good job of dissecting like i like when humor like when a lot of you know, I love the like the this, the joke that you do um, about the Village Joel song is just fantastic oh. for the longest. It's, <laughs> that that that's yeah, it's funny. That's a that's a true story too. That I um, it it's it's made me laugh for years. Like my brother and I, or my wife and I, will laugh about it anytime we hear it come on the radio and uh, I, I just, it occurred to me, like if it's been making me laugh for 20 years, maybe, maybe I could bring it to the stage. And make right. It That's funny. so cool to think of that. Like that you just never, you know, think of when you just think of like, Oh yeah, that's something that makes me laugh. It's like right. always finding, it's really cool that you can still find newer stuff in all the years that you've done it. Yes. Yeah, so well, really cool. well, I think uh, that's what um, I think any halfway decent comic should always be thinking about what's what to write next. Right. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I saw that you did um, 
you did a couple of festivals or you did one festival is it you know i i did something that i rarely do i read like your bio online which i don't try to do because i just want to like ask all the typical questions mm-hmm. so like it's funny to know like certain things like, right it's just cool to me that you've done a lot of stuff uh did it feel like this might be a weird question did it feel like it came at like the stuff that you got did it feel like it came at the right time um yeah i i think so and and i still don't you know i i I still don't think of myself as um, all that accomplished. I think I think every comic wishes they were doing more or had more stuff, except for a small handful. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I remember. I remember thinking I was ready for some things before I probably was, and I and I didn't get them. And I and I think in some cases, really you don't get stuff until you're ready for it. Right. Yeah. It's just cool to like read just to see like the trajectory and see all the stuff that people do. Um, you grew up in a big family, uh, youngest of six kids, right? I grew up the youngest of, so I grew up in like a real life Brady Bunch situation. So I'm the youngest of, I have, a biological brother and sister um but then my parents divorced when i was little and then my mom remarried my stepfather moved in and he had two he had two boys that he was raising Mm -hmm. so there was five in my house and then my father lived literally right around the corner with his new wife who had three kids so, oh, wow. um, technically, I'm the youngest of eight. Right, yeah. I'm the youngest of, I just have a brother and a sister, and I'm the youngest too, and it's, it's you know, interesting. Like, people always think, like, you're an attention person, like, when you have parents, but it's like, your parents are just done when you're the youngest. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I realized. Like, I have a, an interesting story, like, my dad... We were all C-sections, and my dad, like, he got in trouble. Like, he went to he went to get coffee, like, the day I was born. And he was, like, telling people, like, why he w- what he was doing that day. And they're like, why are you at the hospital? And I was like, oh, he's another kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that happens. Uh, so, um, you know, everything is crazy with uh, COVID and stuff. Have you, has that affected you a whole bunch it you know i i i took that um i took that initial hit. yeah it, it it definitely did i was i was actually set to record my second album um early april of last year so uh about two weeks before i was set to record the second album uh covid hit and everything got shut down um, and then I went, I think from March until July without performing, like I went a good four months. Um, and then the outdoor stuff started popping up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the same, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was interesting to me because I was 
starting to get like onto a groove of like you know three sh- three four like mics and like a couple shows and then just like it just instantly went yeah and i felt really bad for like people i knew that were starting out and then covid hit and i was like i felt so bad for them because i had all these years of doing it and it's so different for them now to to experience yeah have you done the uh i don't like doing them have you done any of the zoom shows any of the watch the zoom shows i i've done um i did two i did one in the very beginning to to see if i thought i could get into it and it wasn't for me um i get i get why some comics are you know are doing them uh right. it just it, it wasn't for me like you know yeah uh, it doesn't give me the same endorphins that's the way i explain it yeah exactly that's 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 all it is it's it's just um I think part of why we love stand-up so much is is that that instant gratification of knowing yeah knowing sure. what you said just worked, and when you can't hear the audience reaction or you can't see the audience reaction, and you're just like sitting on your couch in front of your computer, it just I I, I couldn't get comfortable with it. So I did I only oh, I yeah. did two, and and that was it. I'm always so envious because, like, a lot of people, like, especially younger than me, even, are so good at the online stuff, like, doing sketches and stuff. And to me, I just feel like stand-up's really the only thing that I like doing. So whenever I do stuff like that, it just feels like I'm vlogging on Instagram or whatever. It's like, it's not a... Yeah, I get that. It's not the same. I, I, I get that. It's It's, um... Yeah, it's funny when it comes to like sketches or acting. I I'd rather be behind the scenes. I'd I'd rather I love writing, so I would I love uh, I, I I I would love to write a sketch and not even necessarily be in it. You know, like I oh, I, I don't need. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I do. Uh, I've I've written. Uh, I've written, I, I write jokes for other comics. You know, there's, there's some comics that I'm pretty close with that, that I write jokes for that, that I've, I used to think when I was starting out, it's funny when I, when I started out and people would ask me, would you ever consider writing a joke for other comics? And I always felt like my jokes were so personal and I couldn't right. imagine anybody telling them, but me, um, Right. But then as I started becoming friends with some comics who would be going on TV and say, hey, I could use a couple jokes for this or for that. And I would throw them some jokes. Then to see other comics doing my jokes on television was just as big a thrill for me. You know, like if if I'm not getting put on TV, the next best thing to me is seeing my jokes make it onto TV you know and right. and seeing uh seeing some big name comics deliver them on uh you know on on comedy central and shit like that it, it's it was cool like for for oh that's that sounds so the cool. absolute like... coolest thing i've done in in my in my i don't know if you want to if you want to call it a career 
the coolest thing right. I've done so far um, was right for the Rich Voss roast. Oh, that's awesome. like, you know, and then I wasn't, I didn't perform on it. I wasn't a part of it. I just, I just wrote for them and uh, a few different comics did my jokes, you know, and it was this, that, that was the closest, that was the closest comedy event that I've been to that felt like a rock concert or something like the electricity in the air before the show started, everybody knew they were about to see something incredible. And there was like, there was like a buzz. I, the only thing I can equate it to would be like when, like, like moments before the band that you just paid to see comes on, you know, how that, that buzz starts building through the right, room. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And I was, I, I was sitting backstage at one point and it was just uh, me and Colin Quinn and Bonnie McFarlane. And we were all bouncing roast jokes up off each other, you know, up until the very last minute. And I was like, this is, oh my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. You know, and I'm not even, I'm not even getting out there. I'm not even going to perform. So right. I, uh, the, the writing makes me just as happy. Yeah. I'm familiar with seeing, uh, uh, Bonnie and, uh, Rich Voss because of, uh, going to the stress factory a couple mm-hmm. of times. I saw that you did, you do a lot of, you used to, well, before COVID and everything, of course you, you and probably now, but uh, that's back. You, you've done shows there. Right? Yeah, I, that that's where I got my start. So it's sort of like my home club. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I've only gotten to perform there a few times, but it's a great place. Uh, they really uh, take really good. They seem to take really good care of people. So. Yeah, it's 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 a great club. You know, I grew up I grew up in East Brunswick and then I lived in New Brunswick for years. So it was it was always there. And then, you know, living in uh, up up until I moved um a couple of years ago, I lived five minutes from the stress factory. So I would get all of the uh all of the last minute calls, you know, if the show started at seven thirty right. and somebody was running late or somebody dropped out, I, I, you know, they would call me at 10 after and, and say, can you be here by seven thirty? And I couldn't, it was always great. Oh, that's so cool. That's like, yeah, that it's so cool to hear those type of things. Cause that's like, I think that's what like every comic just aspires to is just to be able to have, like work to do and always be able to you know get on stage right and uh it's really cool to hear that like that's possible you know? yes yeah but it's still possible for people so that's really cool uh one of the things i kind of ask once in a while i try not to be too like negative or anything on the show but uh do you have any like interesting stories of maybe not necessarily there but like you know, like bad or like odd uh, things that happened at a show. What like like bad sets, like bombs or like audience or like something crazy. Yeah, anything. I've I've you know, yeah, I've I uh I I I honestly don't know why um because I I don't think. I don't think I'm that 
dark or polarizing, but I, uh, <laughs> when, when I do bomb, it's usually pretty spectacularly. Um, uh. and I piss a lot of people off, usually women. And I've had, um, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of audience members waiting for me after shows to scream at me about things they didn't like that I said, right. which always blows my mind. Cause it's like, you're, you were at a comedy show. Right. You, you knew yeah. like it's. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I always, I agree with that. I always think like, you should know like the place you're at. Like it's, you know, that's a I, main thing. Like to me, it's so, I have such a mixed view on it because, like, to me, I, I liked, I always have like a mix. Like sometimes I like to have that edge of like you know, doing those jokes, and then most of the time it's like I just want to make people yeah. happy. So like when it like, and I'm very like when it comes to fight or flight, I'm very yeah. tight. So it's like I wish I was more like tougher on the audience yeah it's it's um it can be weird i i i understand you know i get i i know there's i've talked with other comics i think that's probably the correct way to go about it is to just want the audience to have fun and 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 be happy um i have a weird thing in me where i really like those uncomfortable moments so right if I feel like an audience isn't on board and things are getting uncomfortable, depending on how I feel about the audience, sometimes I'll, I'll try and pull it out or I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll keep throwing right. stuff against the wall, trying to make it work. But other times I get a little bit like, all right, well, fuck it. Let's see how uncomfortable we can make this then. Let me, I, right. I let me, I'll, I'll drive this thing into the ground and burst into right. flames just to, just to see how uncomfortable I can get it. Yeah. That's so, that's kind of cool to me because like, to me, it's like, I think everyone, every sort of comic has just a, not a group, but like people that you're just not gonna, you know, gel with because your sense of humor is just different, you know, from everyone. Like to me, when I did, when I was doing, when I used to do bringer shows in New York, like old people would really, really hate my jokes because I did a lot of, like I'm an atheist. So I did a lot of like Mm -hmm. religious jokes and stuff. So it was always so funny, like 20, 30 year olds there, which was most of the audience would love it. And then like an 80 year old would get really mad at me (laughs) and I'd feel so bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I didn't mean to make my grandma upset. <laughs> it's like it's um yeah, it's 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 like a balancing act. Um but yeah. I don't I it's funny. I like for me the the thing that I love about stand up the most is the challenge of it. Like I I right, like yeah. to dig a hole to start to start things off. I like sometimes I like to dig a hole and right. see if I can get out of it. Um, That's really cool to hear. Like just to be able to do that. Like to me, I watched some of my older stuff. Like when I was starting out, and it's so different from my personality mm-hmm. now. 
of like I don't know if it's just maturity or whatever but when I started I was 22 and like I was like pretty antagonistic I could be pretty antagonistic towards the audience if they weren't yeah. paying attention to me I'd be like you have to pay attention to me I'd be like you know and people would like that they would like the like little bit of like prodding they like can't yelling. sometimes you're in front of an audience and they're just a bunch of duds and they're dead and then you start attacking them a little bit and it's like a shot in the arm and yeah, and they react to it and they love it and then and then you're like oh i got them going again let me let me go back into my jokes and then you go back into your jokes and they don't want any part of it sometimes they just want to be fucked with right exactly but i like the um yeah you know i know like every every comic is different um but what i for me the biggest challenge is getting people to laugh at shit that they think is horrible and don't agree with like to me those are the best laughs like it's it's easy to make people laugh at jokes that they agree with you know it's, it's easy to go it's easy to go for the 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 applause you know but right that's the one thing that always drives me nuts it's just that type of like to me i'm just like you know to like if there's applause in comedy one of my things is like i would rather it be from like yes. a clever joke writer right is like right yeah applause from is like that's the one thing that i always like because it's just interesting like how that that sort of happens like people just take you know there's there's a lot of pan there's a lot of pandering now yeah a lot of pandering and i don't like that uh i have a very uh like opinionated view on it but just like i just it feels it feels like odd to me that that's the thing like i look at older comedy a lot like of people like in the 70s and 80s and I'm sure there were people back then who had, you know, different motives and stuff, of course. So, you know, there's a lot of people like Bill Hicks who did like social stuff, but it feels like a lot of people nowadays do it for the wrong reason. And that always drives me nuts. So I'm just like, it's to entertain people. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough a, time. A, it's, uh, comedy nerd yeah (laughs) it's it's a tough time because it's also like i may maybe i i don't know what i'm i I don't know what my thoughts are post-pandemic but pre-pandemic it felt to me like audiences didn't really want to be challenged they they just wanted to come laugh at goofy shit or or um social justice issues that they agreed with yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And like to me, I'm I always find that dichotomy very interesting because I consider myself way too woke. So like I like laughing at stuff and finding stuff that's that can yes. do that properly. Because to me, I think the one thing that uh I'm still getting used to, which I think is so interesting that a lot of people don't in comedy is like you think with us being surrounded by it, we would be more tolerant of bad comedy. But when you love it, you have such a weird, like, kind of, uh, 
mm-hmm. like dogmatic view on it. So it's like interesting to me. It's like I should be, you know, more tolerant of, you know, this type of stuff because I like it when it's good. And all it is is just people trying to trying their hardest to yeah it's 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 weird it's like when i grew up you know i'm i'm guessing i'm older than you know i'm 45 i I grew up in the 80s and the 90s and you would watch stand up to laugh at shit that you knew you weren't supposed to laugh at and that's what made it so funny and somewhere along the line we lost that and uh, I, I think yeah I grew up in this really weird period of like where we were trying to be better we were always trying to be better we were like in high school we were like we were like we're we're still saying retarded for some reason but mm-hmm. we're not gonna say fag like <laughs> we're like, we're like coming yeah it's rules. it's we're like it's dumb and you know what's the unfortunate thing is like retard and faggot they're hilarious words they are great hilarious words i grew up with five older brothers i was called a faggot and a retard almost every day of my life you know and it wasn't and it wasn't uh so it's weird when i when i'm told i can't say those words and i was like but I was right. bullied with them just as much as as anybody. You know, I mean, I'm 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 making a joke oh, yeah, there. You sure. know, like, like I get that gay people being called a faggot is different than my brother calling me a faggot because I oh, sucked yeah. at Super Mario Brothers or something. Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's weird. It's 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 a very um, especially for a comic like me because you don't you also don't want to fall into like that old bitter white guy comic who's screaming about the way things used to right. be you know for me right. when you when you see a lot of these older white comics talking about oh you can't say anything anymore they're gonna cancel you this and that a lot of times they're just right. angry that they can't do their hacky racist shit anymore right yeah that's a i have a joke that's pretty mean uh, it's probably one of my meanest jokes, and it's about those specific yeah. group of comics. And uh, it's a Back to the Future lace joke where it's like, you know, I talk about how like they go punchlines where we're going, we don't need punchlines. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, you know, and I always have to be very careful with it because it's a very specific mm-hmm. group of people. And it's like, I guess it's like, you know, any joke that's generalizing is hard, but it's like, it's a very specific group. And I think most people get it. And it's like, it's one joke that I don't do a whole bunch because it's just like something that mostly comics would get is like doing with those type of things. And I think that's, that's so cool to me to see someone acknowledge that and be aware of like having to deal with that that must be so frustrating because you're just like you're trying to not right be I, i'm trying to i and i don't want to i don't want to be that that's never been my act you know i i think when no and i listened to your i listened to your album when when i first started it, it's funny i mean if if you if you listen to that album and could accuse my jokes of being anything 
it would be misogynist. Like I definitely, uh, a lot of my early writing was making fun of women, but I'm, I'm not a misogynist. Like I don't have any hatred of women in my heart at all, which is why to me, they're jokes, you know, like I can, I, I don't believe what I'm saying. And I know that's, I know a lot of comics are like, you have to, you know, your jokes need to back up your point of view. You need to be able to defend them. And I don't know. I, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think it's, you know, it's a performance, you know, that's the way that I think. Yeah. I mean, so so many comics are just doing characters, you know, you watch, you can watch David tell for an hour and you come away and you realize you don't know the first thing about him. He's, he's not, he's just telling jokes. He's not, there's not, there's not a bit of personal information in there. And, um, I, I, I mean, not that, not that that's what I do. Cause you know, I, I, I do interject my, my own personal stuff, but I'm just using that as an example of like, where you really don't have to be that way. Oh yeah. I always, I always try to be careful of that because like, yeah, that's one thing that's like, it's kind of interesting to have that is like, I'm the opposite where I don't want to come off ever as being like PC mm-hmm. police. Cause that's not what I am. I'm like yes. a good comedy police. I'm like, I just like it when it's good. Like, But it can be tough because people just, you know, have different points of views on stuff. Yeah. It, 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 it can be tough. To and again, like, especially I, it's also like, I feel like we're obligated to complain about cancel culture, but the truth is there's not really that many comics that get canceled there. There's it's no, and when people find out I'm a comic, they say that all the time. Like, Oh, it must be so hard for you. You can't say anything anymore these days. You can't make jokes. And it's like, no, I can say anything I want because nobody knows me. So Nobody's going to get famous right. attaching uh, attaching themselves to my name, being outraged at something I said. You know, so if somebody right. comes and sees me and I say something offensive, and they blog about it, it's not it's not going to get picked up right. uh, across the nation like somebody getting upset at something Dave Chappelle or Jerry Seinfeld says. You know, something like that. So, so the truth is like if you don't have something to lose, you really can say anything that you want. Right. And the only thing that sucks about that is at whatever point you get something to lose, it does seem like there's a section of the internet that's oh, just waiting for you to announce like, Hey, this is the best day of my life. I just got my dream job. And then they go through all your shit and try and take it away. Right. From. Right. Which yeah. I also none of it, uh, none of that makes it's interesting sense. Interesting to me to see that. Yeah, like I, I always try and keep a, a mindfulness of like both. Like to me, I just think, you know, whatever you do on stage. Like I think a lot of people, most comedians, have the same 
intention. Like, that's not bad. It's just very few people just make it make it hard for the rest of us to to do what we want to do. Right. Yeah, so I think it goes both ways. Like, there's the people that are, you know, overly woke, and there's the people that are, you know, not really moving with the times, and it's like, you gotta sort of... I always feel like that's the one thing that always annoys me. It's like, cancel culture doesn't annoy me. What annoys me is just people doing it poorly. It's like... Uh, I have this really crude uh, saying that I use, but it's like, oh, I'm not to say, but it's like uh, people doing the art form wrong. And I always think like, that's really, like it happens with everyone. Like you see a lot with like guys like Bill Burr, they have a lot of fans who like them for the wrong reasons. And it's like, they don't support those guys. They right. hate those people, but it's like, yeah, I, I do sort of get that it's because, like, um, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll have somebody come over to me after a show and you realize like, Oh, this isn't who I wanted to connect with, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, I always. Or I, I always get. I always get the drunk guy telling me, "Oh, I, I thought you were great. Oh, I got a joke you're gonna love." And then they tell me like the most racist joke I've ever heard in my life. And I'm always right. like, "But That's I don't do. I, I literally do zero racial material." In the very beginning, I did because I right. think it was like you can sort like. There's definitely clips out there of of me doing racial material, but. I was brand new and it was like, oh, maybe I could shock the audience into some kind of reaction. Once you sort of find right. your footing and your voice, you can you can move away from like, right. well, I can stop trying to shock them now and just try and try and make them laugh. Right. Um, but I, I, I do always feel like, like, why would you you just heard me talk for an hour and, and why would you? What, what, right. You didn't hear yeah, me say right. anything like that. So why would you feel like you had to run up and shout it out me after the show? Right. Like, there's also scary. there's there's also you know as far as people getting offended, it's like they'll hear a buzzword and then they're immediately offended and they haven't even they haven't even listened. Oh yeah. I had a I had a joke for a little bit. I think it's on my album. It's on that first album right before my daughter was born where I was talking about how right. uh, I want, you know, I, I'm happy that I'm having a little girl. That's what I, that's what I was hoping I'd get. I love little girls. I don't love teenage girls. Teenage girls seem awful. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Right. The kid's transgender. Yeah. And yeah, yeah that joke is great. And it's such a it's such a slippery slope, and that's why I love it. Because when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, this could go either way." And then I was it's, like, "Yeah, he's gonna." But <laughs> it <laughs> is <laughs> as <laughs> if you list if you actually listen to what I'm saying, it is as pro transgender joke as you can make. You know, like where I'm right. I'm saying I actually hope my kid is, uh, is transgender. So I would tell that joke. That was one of the jokes that would have people waiting outside to scream at me. I would, I would tell that joke and it was always 
uh, straight white women that would get the most offended. Um, They would get offended on behalf of someone they knew. It was always like, oh, my sister's transgender. And and then I'm always... Right. That always happens to me, actually, when I used to hate this. Uh, This was one thing I had to change when I started performing at the Brighton Bars. People are so supportive of me. And they kind of like don't understand like I love the bartender but he doesn't understand my sense of humor mm-hmm. is very uh, self-deprecating so like and I would see that a lot in like different places like I'd be like you don't have to offer me like these jokes are on purpose that I'm making yeah. fun of myself Yeah, I'm giving you permission to laugh at me it's not like a pity type of thing or like you know it's not supposed to be sad or anything it's like you're allowed to laugh at me it's like yeah. it's like these are silly things it's like but it's so funny that people get it's so annoying when people get that when they're like to me offended on behalf that that is well, yes thank like you it is a hundred times more insulting than anything i can say because what you're saying is this person that you just made the joke uh you know the, the this person that you just made the joke about isn't smart enough to discern whether or not you're joking so i'm gonna get offended for them Right. And then I remember once right. I would get so much shit for that joke. And um, then I remember once there was a transgender dude in the audience. And I didn't know that it was uh, I didn't know that he was transgender. Um, so it was it was uh, it was a girl right. that that became a dude. And I did that joke, not even knowing that he was in the audience. And he came over to me after the show. And there had been, because it was right when Caitlyn Jenner was, was uh, like, announced her transition. Right. So he came over to me. And uh, so all the comics right. before me had done some form of transgender joke. And then I did that. And right. he came up to me after the show and was like, hey, I want you to know I'm, I'm, trans- I'm a transgender man. And uh, I was listening to, your, you know, everybody here had a lot to say about transgender people. And then like my heart, like my stomach kind of dropped because I was like, Oh, here we go. And he said right. to me, yours was, right. I, I liked yours the best. He's, he said, I'm, I'm a big comedy fan. I, I'm right. hearing every transgender joke I hear is about a dude cutting his dick off and becoming a woman. Yours is the first one I heard right. about a girl becoming a man, which is what I did. And so I can relate to it. I was like, you didn't find anything offensive about it. He was like, I didn't find any. He, he said, you, you, he said, I wish, you know, you, you stood up there and said, oh, I hope my kid's transgender. He was, he was like, the joke was obviously making fun of teenage girls. You weren't making fun of transgender people. Right. And also, I think the, the one thing that's odd is the making fun of, uh, Caitlin herself is a is a thing too. It's like that's yeah. Not it's a, not punching down. That's you know, still that's still punching like, up. Not a good representative of that group. It's like <laughs> I feel bad for that. It's like to me, it's like it's always so weird to me. Also, with when that came out of like how new it was to people. Like ten years yeah. ago, I still remember like Chaz Bono and like different transgender people. So it's like it's interesting to me that people got. So, like, 
up in arms about it. Like it was, you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, people would be like, "Oh my God, she's so brave," and and jokes about her punching down, and it's like, like she's practically a billionaire Republican. <laughs> Right. This isn't, it's not punching down. Yeah. She would, if 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 Caitlyn Jenner could trade lives with me, she wouldn't. So that's not punching down. Right. Exactly. Right. So I think that's like, I think that's just something people get confused about. It's just like, yeah. And that's, it's also, yeah. So it's really cool to hear that because that's always like reassuring is that you're doing it from the right place and people are understanding yeah. that. And that's very gratifying. So and then, but the other thing is see. it's like the, a, the thing that nobody ever says about punching up and speaking truth to power. It's just so rarely funny. It's just not that funny. Right. Exactly. So. And also I think there's like, I don't know if I'm using the right word. It's like, there needs to be an equity to it. Like, a lot of people bring up Carlin, and like, it's the same thing as Dave Chappelle. Like, you have to be doing comedy forever to gain that right. respect to be able to say anything. Yes. Like, like that. It's like, once you build up a reputation of doing, like, it's, it's so funny to me when people, you know, a lot of people will mention like Carlin for his last 10 years. And like, I like a lot of his earlier stuff. So it's like funny when people mention that, cause I'm like, he has years and years of different stuff. He just built up a reputation of being able to talk about stuff. And that's the same thing with Dave Chappelle. It's like, he's gotten that point where like he has the power to say it. And I feel like people have to, have to work on that you know you have to work up to that dave really gets uh and you know of course i love dave Chappelle, but he really gets i hit there have barely been any jokes in the last two things that he's put out and um you know i get that he's you know this is a fucked up time but and then everybody's just tripping over themselves talking about how great it is and he is great, and he's he's yeah. I didn't, that's actually nice to hear you say because I don't. I feel the same way. Like yeah, he. Uh, it always feels so weird to say to talk bad about him because he's like you know he's realized yeah. Like, Listen, like, you know, every one of every one of his comedy world like people proper specials. I I can watch over and over and over and over. Um, you know, but the, the, these things yeah. that he's been putting out on YouTube lately, I mean, they're, I watch them and they're compelling and they're poignant and they make you think, but it's like, yeah. but where are the jokes? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's always such a hard thing is people just want to, it's always going to have to be comedy. I think that's the one thing that people just have to realize is it it always yeah. has to have that. Just make it funny. You can you can statement. make these you can make these like statements and and um 
you see it on Twitter too, like like just all these hilarious comics and you go through their feed and it's just like lecturing you about which is fine, right. but can't yeah. you find a way to make it funny? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's really, it's really nice to have this conversation because I, I, uh, I like talking about it because it's like, yeah, that's how I. It's tough, but it's like I said, like you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a 45 year old straight white dude, so I, I, you know, I, 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 I feel like if I complain about shit too much, you, you get, you get lumped in with the rest of them. So I just, I just right, keep my, yeah. you know, I keep my mouth shut, and, yeah. and it's, it's probably better that we do more listening than right. talking right now, anyway, but. It's, um, I don't know, like when I talk about how I, I wish people would loosen up a bit, it's not like I don't want to go tell a bunch of fucking road hack, shitty racist jokes like all these other guys are screaming about. It's just, I want to be able, I want to be able to tell my cancer jokes or, you know, make, make fun of you know, I would challenge myself. Right, like, I exactly. fucking yeah. hated Trump to be able as, to... as much as anybody could have hated Trump. So I would challenge myself, go out there and try oh, yeah. and figure out some pro-Trump jokes. Because I I was trying right. to, I was trying to see, can I make, can I make this thing that I hate so much? Is there a way that I can turn it around and give the complete opposite point of view and make it funny to me. Oh, that's so. That's I mean, so if you if you went through my social media, it would be pretty like, obvious my real thoughts on him. But on stage, I would I would sometimes toy around right. with pro Trump. I would just just challenge yourself. Um. Right. That's that's so interesting to think about, like, to to really go through that sort of, yeah, that's really interesting to me to do that, because that's the one thing that, like, I always w- try to, I always try to do, like, one of my favorite things, like you mentioned, to tell, I like dissecting everything from every angle, and I think that's... That's an important thing to do. But what 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 is to look at the pitfall of that is you can connect with the people that you don't want to connect with. You know, then then you then you have the people right. Then you have the people who are shouting the racist jokes out at you, you know, then then that's that's the downside to it. Um so I you know, I, I go back and forth with that. Right. I, I had a joke I would do, I would tell that right. one transgender joke that was, I thought, very pro-transgender. But then I had another one that was definitely punching down that I didn't personally, wasn't my personal point of view, but right. I just thought it was so funny um, that I would, that I would do it. Right. And, um I couldn't right. defend it other than when, when people, I, I remember telling them that the joke was that transgender women are getting hotter and hotter. Like the technology has caught up. There's some beautiful transgender oh. women out there. You wouldn't even know that they weren't born female. So I said, 
uh, hot right. transgender women are like the turkey bacon of people. Which just to me, just the imagery of that, just that's what makes me laugh. Oh, and then I, you know, and then right. you'd get nervous laughter and then I'd be like, let me explain. Uh, you know, they look amazing. They look like the real deal. But right. then you taste one and you're like, oh, God, no, this isn't what I ordered. So very, listen, definitely right. a punching down transgender joke. But it was so fucking funny to me. Like right. when I thought yeah, of it, but, I couldn't stop yeah. laughing. And yeah. the joke was the joke would either like annihilate or crickets. Like there was never an in between. It was either it would either just kill or it would be right. just incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And I had enough people screaming. I did that show. I did that joke at Gotham one night, and I had like. I had like two or three shows there that night and I did it on the first show. And then when I walked out of the club an hour later, there was a lady at that first show who'd been waiting on the sidewalk for me to come out for an hour to begin screaming at me. And, um, uh, like her friend had to pull her back. You know, she was like, Oh my, like it's enough. Okay. Like, and 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 all I, I can, can the only it. way I can defend it I was like, like I, I just think it's funny. You know, it's it's a joke. It's it doesn't, you know, right. it doesn't necessarily reflect how I feel. I just thought it was funny. But then you get into like, well, is it is it worth yeah. it? Is it I worth it to to constantly have that kind of uh, pushback? on something that I don't even feel strong. Like, this not, not even I don't feel strong right. about it. I don't even believe it, you know? I just thought it was funny. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's a really... Yeah, that's a, a thing. It's like, I I had this one... Like, I had my very first wrestle joke a couple months ago, and it actually, like, came from a comment that I made on a black comedian's mm-hmm. post on Facebook and he thought it was funny. So I was like, Oh, well this is fine. And the joke was he asked, he, it came from a serious thing. He asked me like, he asked people like, are blind people like more racist than other people? And I Googled it and I found out, yeah, they are like, there is like a high percentage. And the joke I had was like, well, if a blind person goes to the movie theater, they're going to get annoyed. Like, <laughs> and that's where the stereotype of, you know, is going to come from. And the black comic thought that was funny. And when I did it at the brain bar, it was like a mix of like people who were like, and they didn't expect that from me, but it was like, oh, but I was like really like bouncing between like, should I do that yeah. or not anymore? Should I add to it? Should I not? <laughs> but it's like, you know, it was, it's interesting how the stuff that you have to sort of go through with that. And I think intent is a big thing. Like to me, I just think, you know, most Canadians have a good intent to just, but then you find out, you know, it's, it's weird. Like you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of horrible people running around comedy, you know? Um, 
you know, look at Chris oh, Delia, yeah. Bill Ky- I mean, you can go through the, you, you know, you know, and even, even not famous right. ones, you know, probably people we know. And, um, right. I don't understand. Like if you have a, if you have a comic that's never been accused of a single thing or gotten into any sort of trouble outs off stage, like, who fucking cares what they like? It, it's who cares about the material? You have you have you have clean comics running around, uh, right. fucking sexually abusing female comics. Who? Right. That's the one thing that I'm always I always try to be mind, more mindful of is I always try to, you know, not do that because I was guilty of that of like thinking oh that's what this person really believes or that's really what they are. And really you just, you don't know sometimes. And sometimes it's just, right. That's their sense of humor. And it's not, you know, reflective of them. And it's, I think it's the same thing in any type of art form is you have that with a lot of people. You have a lot of, you know, like you see that in rap music a lot. There's people that rap about stuff that they are not even involved in. It's like, this person's not a gang. Person. Right. Well, never been it's like a character. The fucking like, only one of the Beach Boys surfed because it's you know <laughs> you know like they they made they made hundreds of music uh, songs right. about surfing like, yeah. and none they didn't even surf. They hated the beach. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so happy that you uh, came on and did this, and uh, this was really. Uh, awesome conversation because this is my favorite uh-huh. like comedy yeah I like it I'm a big comedy nerd too so I, I like it too about this stuff. and I hope I didn't make you uncomfortable talking about any of this because I know like you don't want to come off a certain way and I understand that so like just no thank you, you. No, I'm, I, I was happy to do you, it uh, I, I, I like geeking out over comedy too so I, I think most of us do you know so thank you for having me yeah yeah thank you so much for uh, being on do you have um, uh, you can your, uh, Twitter and Instagram is uh, Ken Krantz comic um, I have a new podcast called I Love Rock and Roll where uh me and another comic we just uh we find some crazy insane stories in music and we dissect them we go in the deep dives we riff on them sometimes we'll have guests on comics or musicians to talk about it so um that's i love rock and roll you can find that at rock and roll with the end spelled out rock and roll pod on instagram or twitter That's awesome. Uh, thank you so much again for doing this. Uh, this will be. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll share it too. 30 or 40 minutes on Spotify. So I'll share it on Facebook. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you. you. Too. Thanks. Man.